0: First Thessalonians 4 and 17, please. I never thought I'd ever get to preach in this place again. I'm, I'm a little nervous. And when Daddy gave out those tomatoes and everything, when the preacher found out I didn't like tomatoes, he said, I, didn't think you, he said, I don't think you're saved. So I never thought I'd get to preach here again. So uh, I'm just trying to give a little joke because I'm nervous as can be. But. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16, the Bible says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And when them which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. If you'll turn over to Revelation 21 and verse 4. And you don't have to turn now. out, I'll just read it. The Bible says, And God shall wipe away all tears from our eyes, and there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no, and there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Let me just pray. Lord, just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to preach. Lord, I pray that you just touch and bless. And Lord, I pray that you just help these people here tonight. Lord, just, Lord I pray that you just hide me behind the cross just one more time. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I notice here in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 17, the Bible is talking about when Jesus comes back to get His children. And boy, that's going to be a wonderful day. I'm going to tell you, the Bible said, we just read that there's no more pain and no more sorrow. I'm going to tell you, I love my daddy, and my daddy suffers from from arthritis and lupus. And I'm going to tell you, that's going to become a day where my daddy will never have to deal with that. We'll never deal with cancer. We'll never deal with separation. I'm telling you about all the great things that we're going to see when we get to heaven and when the Lord comes back to get us. But I'm going to tell you, I read right here, and I'm wondering why that why God's gonna have to wipe away all these tears from my eyes and I tell you these past couple weeks and I testified about a month ago maybe three weeks ago about my boss at work and about losing a burden for his daddy and I'm gonna tell you God's worked on my heart and worked on my heart and I preached this Tuesday night at school and and the Lord just wants you to preach it one more time and I'm gonna tell you that, that we're losing our burden for our people in America I'm telling you our friends and our family we've lost our burden for our families and, and different things and I mean it's the wonderful things of heaven and how much God's done in our life and we don't want we don't wanna share it with the people that we love and the people that we care for and everything. But I wanna uh, read This is what your family and what your friends is going to have to go through. If you back up to Revelation 20 and verse 11, the Bible says, "...there's a great white throne, and he that sat upon it, and whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was no place found for them. And and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God with the books open, and another book was opened, and the book of life. And there was dead and was judged out of these things, and were written in this book according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead." Which were in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead from which were them, and they judged every man according to the works. And the death and hell cast were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. Whosoever wasn't found written in the book of life was cast into hell. I'm going to tell you this right here is the reason why that God's had to wipe away all tears from our eyes is because of the great white throne judgment. We read in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 17 it says we shall ever be with the Lord. So I believe according to what the the King James Bible that I have right here in front of me we will be spectators at this great white throne judgment. I believe we'll be on a, a, that might be a platform kind of like this right here and we'll say this uh, pulpit's the Lord and, and I'm standing over to the side you know I'm just right beside the Lord and we're going to be there and it's going to be a. I'd say it's going to be massive amounts of people. Could you imagine all the people that's ever been saved standing on a platform? And, and then if you look, the, the first point I have is the sights. And and if you look and you can see the lost people, is this a line as far as you can see? And you can see the, all the lost people. And I believe with all my heart that what the, according to what the Bible says that. This is going to be after the thousand-year millennial reign, so you're, uh, the lost people are going to be in hell for at least one thousand years. And I believe that, according to what the Bible says, the dead's going to come up, and they're going to be in charred and, and nasty and, and terrible-looking from what they, from what they're held that they've been through for the past a thousand years at least. Right. I tell you I got a friend of mine that that I grew up with that I, I was real close friends with and and being close friends with it through all through school and we even worked together for a long time and and uh he was working on a Dodge truck that he had you had have to, Lord bless him, for locking dodges. But he was working on his old truck, and, and he was working on the carburetor, and he told his brother to, to crank the truck. And when he did, the carburetor backfired and ignited gas on him, and it went all over. And I'll tell you, Matt told me that he tried to roll on the ground, and they tried to pad him out with a blanket, and they'd done all this work and tried as much as they could. Right. And he was burnt. and I went to see him at the hospital the first day he was there. And he was in that burn unit at Erlanger. And it's 70% of his body was third degree burns. And he was just terrible looking. And I remember talking to his brother. His brother was in the truck, of course, and cranked it. And his brother told me one thing. He said, Matt was unrecognizable. Yep. He was unrecognizable. Yep. He said that his skin, I'm not trying to be gross. or I'm not trying to be graphic. But he said his skin was so burnt that it, hung down. That's what your family and your friends is going to look like when you see them at the great white throne judgment. They're going to be unrecognizable. You might not even recognize them until they start speaking before you recognize who they are. Not only have the sights, but you got the smell. If anybody knows anything about burnt flesh and, or burnt hair, it smells terrible. It's, I believe the Lord's smell that the Lord's going to cast off is going to be wonderful. It's going to be a great smell But I believe that the the smell of the people, the lost people standing in line waiting to get there is going to be great and a lot worse. It's going to overshadow the smell of the Lord Jesus Christ. You got the sight, you got the smell, but you got the shout. There's going to be two classifications, I believe, of people that, that you're going to encounter at the great white throne judgment. When the Lord sends down His gavel and says, depart from me for I never knew you. There's going to be that person that you've talked to and you've begged and you've pleaded with and you've asked him, Lord, come on, Lord, please save them. And then you've told them and said, please, Lord, accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You might lose, so you're losing your life if you don't accept Him. Like my dad's friend, he's got a real close friend, his name's Robert. Brother Lamar knows him. And my dad has pleaded with him and I've pleaded with him and begged him to accept Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And daddy's asked him and asked him and continuously, to Daddy shed tears over him. But there'll come a day when if Robert don't accept Christ as his personal Lord and Savior, I believe with all my heart he'll, he'll beg my daddy. Can you please help me? Can you please help me? Can you tell him that, that I, I, I believe now? I, I believe. I, I promise. I, I promise I believe. Tell him to help me. Help me. Yes. But the second classification of the people that you'll have to deal with that day is the person that you never told. Yes. That person that you was elbow to elbow with right, for years right. and years running a machine like at work. I, I work in a carpet mill and from time to time I run a machine. And that man I run the machine with bro, neighbors with Brother Lamar and every time I get opportunity I tell him about the Lord. Because I, I, I don't want him to die and go to hell. I don't want, I don't want Chris to die and go to hell with Brother Lamar. But there's going to be that person that you've worked beside for years yes. that's going to stand at the great white throne judgment and the Lord's going to knock down his gavel and say, hey, it's over with. You're done. And the demons of hell are going to drag that person. And while they're dragging that person, they're going to say, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Why? I, could, I didn't have to go here. I didn't have to if you had told me. That's the kind of person that you're going to deal with. Not only do you have the sights and you have the smells and you have the shouts, but you have the separation. Imagine, imagine being, separated from your fam- being separated from your friends and your family. Imagine getting out of the will of God and your children dying and going to hell. I told my daddy, I said, daddy, I told him the other day, I said, daddy, I said, if Lord ever allows me to have kids, I said, I'm going to be more faithful than I've ever been. And I'm not saying I'm backslid now. Sure. I said, just like preacher said, he tightened up. When, it, when the girls got older, he tightened up. I told daddy, I said, I'm going to be more faithful now than I have ever, ever will be when I have kids. I said, because I don't want to see my children die and go to hell. I don't want to see my children die and go to hell. I don't want to see my family die and go to hell. I'm telling you, it's real, folks. This is real. This is more real than the sky being blue. This is going to happen. There is people that you work with each and every day that you're going to face this right here with them. This is real. This is reality. I can't I can't emphasize that enough. You are the only church, the only Christ that they may ever see. You are the only testimony that they'll ever know. Amen. That means you can't get mad on the job. You gotta keep your Christian attitude. I'm gonna tell you, you can't lose your temper because your testimony might be the reason why that person goes to heaven or that person goes to hell. I'm gonna tell you I want a burden. I tell you, my sister, I don't know for sure if she's saved or not. She has no fruit. She has no desire. And I believe if you're going to be a Christian, if you're saved, you're going to have a desire. You're going to have some fruit. She she's has neither one of those. And I'm going to tell you, I got a burden for her. I pray for her. And I'm going to tell you, brother Lamar's daddy. He's a fine man. My dad thinks the world of him. Known him for years. He's a good man. And I pray for him because I want to see him saved. Jeffrey, your mother. I mean, there's so many people. But it's our responsibility to carry the burden for these lost people. It is our responsibility. I don't want to pawn it off. I don't want to pawn my sister off on my daddy. No doubt my daddy prays for her. And no doubt my mama prays for her. But I don't want to pawn it off on them. It's my burden. It's partly mine too. I'm going to tell you, our problem with our country is we've lost our burden. I mean, that's our problem in our country that we've lost our burden. If I ain't got no burden, there ain't no reason for me to come on, on Sunday morning or Sunday night. Because I'm saved. There ain't no reason for me to come here. I come here to see people saved. I teach Sunday school because the Lord allows me to, but I want to see people saved. That is my goal. I go to the jail like today. Me and Brother Chris, I feel like sometimes we go in there and we preach our guts out and we have a good time and, we, and nobody responds. You have people sitting in there and they cry during your service. You preach on hell and they don't respond. But I'm going to tell you right now, that don't dis, I, I felt discouraged when I left. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to keep on going. Brother Chris, brother Chris told him, he said, I'm going to pitch my tent right next to hell. And he said, I'm going to grab one every chance I get and I'm going to tell you right now I want a burden because there's people that I work with that I know that this is going to happen I know that they're going to stand in my face and ask me please help me please don't let me go back because the Bible talks about hell and then it talks about the lake of fire which is worse they think that you're just going back to hell but it's going to be worse I don't want to see anybody die and go to hell I get up of a morning and come to church because I don't want to see people die and go to hell. I want to keep my testimony. When I'm sitting, when I leaned over, when I'm in a casket, right here, and lean, and you lean over and you look at me, all I want you to say about me, you don't have to say that I was rich, which I'm not, and I don't have big material things, and I don't have all the great things of life. But I want people to say, boy. He wants some people to the Lord. Amen. That's my goal. That's my goal. I want to win some people to the Lord. Brother Grant goes to all these different churches, labors in prayer every day, preaching at these different churches. Most of them, I would say, probably dead than 4 o'clock. But he does it because he loves souls. Amen. Brother Blake's leaving this church that he loves very so much that he loves and I can only imagine how hard it's going to be, but he's going because he wants to see souls saved. Amen. If we don't have a burden, we're backslidden. When I was studying this for this message and I was going over it at work Monday, the Lord told me, he says, if you don't have a burden for lost souls, you are backslid." He said, you can carry a King James Bible, you can go to a good church, you can go to all these different places, you can do all these things, you can go to, you can go to uh, every event at the church, you can pray, you can read your Bible, but he told me, if you don't have a burden for lost souls, you're backslidden. I just want to carry a burden. And that's all I really got tonight. But I'm going to tell you, I want, I want to carry it, 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 it. Throughout the rest of this year, I want a big burden. I, I want a burden for lost people. I want to tote it. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't want to pass the buck. I don't want to pass it off on Brother Blake. I don't want to pass it off on preacher. I want to tote it myself. I want to see some people saved. i tell you, I, I tell you this. I mean, I love this church. And the reason why I love this church is because we're not worried about volleyball or softball. Or, or cookouts or everything. And don't, think, don't take me wrong. I'm not against that. But preachers, his, his goal for this church is to see people saved, whether it's the jail, the Amen. nursing home, the, just different things, the bus ministry. Everything about this church is to win souls. It's not to have pleasures. Amen. And I'm thankful for this church. I'm looking forward to seeing somebody saved in revival this week. I really, the next week, I really am. Yes. Have you got a burden? Or are you backslid?
1: have a verse of invitation tonight I want to tell you the Lord was in that message I come ready to preach tonight and couldn't get no liberty I mean my burden just left me during the service and uh, uh, just a few minutes before that offering I wasn't sure that was the Lord but the Lord just said I want brother Chris to preach tonight amen it's not what I want, it's what he wants it's his church I want to tell you, my heart's been convicted about that. I want to be hungry for souls. I don't know of a better message we could have heard leading into revival than this. God help us. Whose face came to your mind while he was preaching? That's what I was thinking about. Whose face did God put on your mind while he preached that message about someone going to hell, someone someone dying without God. We're, if they don't get saved, we're going to see them one day at the judgment seat. And just like he preached, we're going to have to give an account of why we didn't witness to them. Did we do enough? Did we pray enough? Now, no doubt there'll be people there that we witnessed to and we tried, but we couldn't win. But what about the ones that we just never, never really cared that much for, never really got that burden for them tonight? And I wonder why... Brother Blake leads us in this song tonight. If you need to come, you obey God. Let's all stand while we sing. Other folks are praying. You mind God tonight.